Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the DWZ. That's right, the Dynasty Warzone's very own rookie rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on all the socials at Salad Galore. That is Dallas backwards with the double L galore. It is great to be here talking on our second installment of the NCAA All-Star Game Primer. First part last week, hopefully you enjoyed it. I covered the quarterbacks and running backs of note in these all-star games that we know of as the East-West Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl. And this week I will be covering the wide receivers and tight ends of note in these two games as well. Um, For those of you that have not watched the first episode, I will give you a little bit of a rundown of where we are at right now. I wrapped up the 2023 rookie class season with a year-end review going over their year-end finishes, their outlook in 2024 and beyond. I covered all the prospect premonition, basically end-of-season moments that we wanted to take note of, uh, took recap and recounted where we were at with all of those prospects. And then last week, I dove into the quarterback and running backs of no 11 total players that will be playing at the East-West Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl. Um, both of which now allow underclassmen a hotly contested issue for myself and many in the community included to now basically dive into the player pool and kind of take some of the spotlight away from these seniors. But that means a lot more players than I typically get to talk about at this time and during this segment every year and wrapping this up with the deepest position in this year's fantasy football rookie draft pool in the wide receiver, as well as a kind of interesting tight end position is how I would phrase it. Um, Not very amazing, not very eye-catching, not what we've seen in the last couple of years, specifically last year with how many good ones that we had transfer in to the NFL talent pool, but still a couple of note in, uh, still a couple that are actually at this game that I want to see. I want to see how they do. I want to see how big they look next to the other big boys, that type of thing. But Without further ado, we will jump on in. We have a total of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I actually added two more players here in the wide receiver pool once some more commits actually said and accepted their invites since last week's episode. But at the time of recording, we are just under a week away from the actual fun little experience that we call these all-star games. And... 
there's few players in this wide receiver class I want to talk about more. Really, then, I, I guess we we just got to talk to him, talk about him right off the gate. And that's Malik Washington. He was on the prospect premonition. Um, he's a name that still not hearing a ton of in this draft cycle, which is pretty interesting. He's a true fifth year coming out of the University of Virginia, 5'9", right at 200 pounds, solid, thick build, uh, you know, 23 at the beginning of his rookie season is what we're looking at. And over the last 24 months, his numbers don't look as great as they did over the last 12 months. But let me tell you, he's still a game breaker. Um, Average seven receptions a game for 88 yards and a touchdown every other game over the last two years. He went on a 10-game stretch this season with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Absolutely insane stuff, and yet no one seems to be talking about him. And it may be because they don't know what he's going to be doing at the next level. If you haven't listened to my previous conversations about Malik Washington, I'll keep it short and concise. He's a yak monster. He's great in all aspects of the game and versatile at both the running back and the wide receiver position. Um, A lot of usage in both of those as well. Um, He's not just an outlet receiver that plays running back either. He has great routes, can be used on the outside, inside, slot, everything about it. Um, He's not a true outside guy due to his height restrictions at only 5'9". He might be even a little bit shorter than that, but it shows his ability to be moved around the field and used quite well, specifically in the slot, specifically underneath and specifically on screens, wheels, that type of thing. Um, A very fun offensive piece that I comp quite a bit to a guy named Curtis Samuel out of the Ohio State University and who has been on the Washington Commanders now for a couple of years. Same type of mold. He's going to be fun and I'm very interested to see where he lands. If he lands in a Shanahan type system, in a McVay type system, watch out. He's a really fun prospect and one of my favorite wide receivers to talk about in this year's class. Another wide receiver I want to talk about is one out of USC. He was actually the running mate the last two years with Mr. Caleb William at the quarterback position, and that is Mr. Taj Washington. Wide receiver, 5'11", 180 pounds, a true fifth year, and will be 23 at the beginning of his rookie season. Numbers won't wow you in terms of receptions. Only four receptions per game over the last 24 games for 68 yards per game and a touchdown every other game at 0.52 TD per game. Um, His smaller, thinner frame allows him to be pushed around and press a little bit, but his ability with the ball in his hands is very impressive. And his reliability when he goes up at the catch point and in traffic is something you don't see with this thin of a frame, typically at the NFL or at the NCAA level. Um, The only players that you typically see with this type of slight frame that go up and grab it, again, two completely different players, but the ones that I see a lot of his game resembling are Darnell Mooney and a guy like Devonta Smith. Um, Devonta Smith and Darnell both have the frame similarities is what I would say. They're skinnier and they're not the tallest players on the planet, but their arms and their wingspans are going to be pretty comparable to what we see in Taj Washington. Kind of that spider body is how I would describe it. Um, So he could be a fun movement piece. I don't foresee him being a super early draft pick, but he is going to be drafted and he is going to come in realistically as a wide receiver three on a team who's very solid as a Z flanker on the outside. Third wide receiver, no, it's kind of a smaller school guy, a true fifth year in the name of Luke McCaffrey. Um, no relation, unfortunately, um, but wide receiver out of Rice. 6'2", 202, he'll be 23 at the beginning of his rookie season, and this guy is used everywhere. He 
he's five receptions a game, 71 receiving yards per game, and basically a touchdown a game at 0.89 TDs per game over the last 24 games. Reliable separator and a zone beater underneath. He'll take punishment at the catch point, which I don't want to take his grittiness away from him for that, but he has issues using his size to the full extent in which he could be using it. Um, He is a bigger framed wide receiver with long arms and everything like that. He doesn't always box out. He allows players to kind of get involved in plays that they kind of shouldn't be involved in. And now granted that could be leaning into the fact that he had a quarterback from Rice throwing in the ball, but it is something to be concerned about. Um, the comp I have for him, because he does have quite a bit of speed, he's a reliable separator and can be used outside and in the red zone pretty well. Nelson Aguilar is a wide receiver that he reminds me a lot of. He does have better hands than Nelson Aguilar, but he does have the same type of focus drops that would happen at times. Um, he's a developmental wide receiver, but still a name to note. He's been slowly picking up some steam, mainly due to his red zone capabilities. He separates in that five to six yard range better than most of the wide receivers in the class do. So that's why as a red zone weapon, he's pretty advantageous and one that a lot of people are keeping their eye on in this year's class. Another wide receiver. um, This is one that has been a kind of a steady drum over the last couple of seasons here for the Arizona football team. It's Jacob counting. This is a guy 5'11", 180. Again, there's not a ton of slot receivers in this year's class, but if you're trying to find one, it's probably Jacob Cowling. Uh, seven receptions per game, 75 receiving yards per game, and 0.8 touchdowns per game. Very smooth in his movement, route running, exquisite. Um, not extremely sudden, though, on his breakbacks. Um, he has a little bit of a, a weird body type. Most of his length is in his legs, not in his torso, so he takes longer strides is how I would describe it. So again, on those like comebacks, those curls and stuff like that, they're not as crisp or as sudden as you would kind of want. So he's exclusively kind of like a constantly moving kind of rounds out his routes a little bit, but they're still very good and very effective at getting separation. Uh, Physicality is a major plus for him too. As an undersized guy, he will get in your face in the run zone. He is a great return specialist as well. And that's why the comp that I have for a guy like Jacob Cowing is a guy like Braxton Berrios. He's going to make a roster. He's going to be used. He's a name that you're constantly going to be paying attention to with he's whether or not basically he's winning that uh, slot wide receiver role for the team that he lands on or not. Um, the Braxton Berrios is the Jamison Crowders. That's kind of the mold that you're getting when you're looking at Jacob Cowing, but he's been very, very productive for Arizona over the last two seasons. And I expect that to continue as a smaller, but a very productive slot at the NFL level. Jamari Thrash. This is a guy, if you're in the Debbie space, you've heard a lot about. If you're not in the Debbie space, you're going to hear a lot about him throughout the draft process. On a lot of podcasts, people will probably be touching on his name. Wide receiver out of Louisville, six foot, 180 pounds. Just pretty solid. He is a fifth year Um Will be 23, like I said, at the time of uh, his rookie season next year. But he averaged five receptions a game, but he turned those five receptions a game into 93 yards per game, a touchdown every other game. And his run after the catch ability and physicality is exquisite. Um, he, He gets open when the ball is in his hands and evades tacklers like it's his job. It's not as sudden. It's not as electric as like a Debo or a Tony, um, not a Tony, a Kadarius Tony, that type of thing. 
Um, he does need to get a bit stronger. Uh, at six foot, 180, 185, he could probably put on another 10 pounds and be really rocked up. Um, it would help him in his blocking. It's not amazing, but he was the main target at Louisville, so it's not like he was asked to block a lot, and it was kind of a weird air raid type system, so they did spread it around a bit. Um, my comp for Jamari Thrash that I like a lot in that I think I'm going to end up with a lot of late Jamari Thrash, kind of like I have a lot of Khalil Shakir um, from the last couple of years, um, like that type of mold of player that I always recommend. A lot of Puka Naku is like, this is a guy that plays football very, very well. And he's a guy that separates, catches cleanly, knows how to run routes, does everything pretty successfully. And he has plus rack ability, meaning you get the ball in his hands, he can actually separate and do something with it. So it's a distinctive trait that allows him to succeed at the NFL level. That's what I look for in these later rounds. Um, I want to see how he does in this type of environment when he's going up against bigger, faster, stronger wide receivers at the senior bowl. But he's a guy that I'm very excited to see. And I, I like the comp of Russell Gage a lot. If you throw on their film side by side, you'll see a lot of Russell Gage and people forget before the injuries, people were pretty hyped up about Mr. Russell Gage. So I'm very optimistic about Jamari Thrash. Another wide receiver of note, and this is another fun one, but um, this is kind of a grinded out, like a working man wide receiver, and it's always hard to tell what to do with wide receivers from Michigan. But Roman Wilson, wide receiver Michigan, six foot, 185, true fourth year senior, 23 years at the age of draft, measly production when you look at it, three receptions per game, only 43 yards per game, and 0.75 touchdowns, so primarily used in the red zone. Um, but man, is he get in your face in the blocking game. I know you never want to hear, uh, he's a really good blocker, but super gritty, just does all the dirty work for all the short yardage gains on third down on second and three. You need a dive when they know that you're doing a little dig route on the outside and you're going to get lit up. He will get it every single time. He was the safety blanket for JJ McCarthy this year. And you you just watch him on film and like oh, he'll have some games where he doesn't do anything but then when it's the big games and the big moments against Ohio State they will dial up a throw to Roman Wilson that just knifes Ohio State in the back same thing in the college playoff he was pretty prominent and it's just hard to ignore a guy like Roman Wilson when he has a quarterback that's successful so pending landing spot he's a guy that I like quite a bit um not quite as much as Jamari Thrash but should be interesting he's not physically dominant um, but he doesn't have a ton of faults in his game. Like I said, he was just kind of underutilized um, because of the Michigan scheme. The comp, the type of player I see for him, the guy that is a pretty solid separator, really good underneath target, and should have solid hands is Sky Moore. I know that's not super sexy for anyone that has Sky Moore on their teams from the last two seasons, but um, that's kind of what I see. I feel the same way where it's like if – I'm looking at Jamari Thrash, and that's a guy who I think could be like a Khalil Shakir type of mold as a mid-round pick. Roman Wilson would be the comparison that I had in that same year's class where a little bit less physically gifted, a little bit kind of more question marks as to what he's going to do at the next level compared to uh, Shakir, and that's what I see in Roman Wilson compared to Thrash. Um, last three wide receivers of note on here. Um, this is where we start to kind of get into some of the bigger boys in the class. Um, again, I prefaced this last week, but I want to preface it again by saying I do not include basically any of like the top three to five players at each position that will be attending these games just because it doesn't really matter what they do. Their draft stock's pretty well solidified unless they get injured or they tank 
pretty badly in interviews and stuff like that at the senior bowl. Um, so I won't be talking about Xavier Leggett in this week's class, but I will be talking about another big boy wide receiver in the form of Devontez Walker wide receiver of North Carolina. Um, this guy was a transfer, um, really fun story, really just heartfelt story, um, about his family. Just go and read it if you haven't already, but this is a guy who could be on a freaks list. Um, He's a physical specimen, 6'3", 205, looks like he's a bodybuilder, basically, when he's out there. He's a true third year, um, but that's just a true third year of playing. He is 23 years old, um, averaged five receptions per game for 81 yards a game, a touchdown a game at .99 per game. Um, speed, size, uses it all well. He's a true X on the outside that can play all over the field. Um, great at setting up a double move too. I, I noticed it multiple times on tape. A lot of his deep touchdowns that he did just a guy that's that big. Shouldn't be able to disengage and then just drive off his feet. How he does. He's very good at it. Um, probably top three hands in the class. I'm going to be real with you. Um, but he wasn't asked to do a lot underneath. So his numbers won't show you like a true possession. Um, but breaking through contract contact on the outside in contested catch situations is where this guy thrives. And he wasn't even put in that situation a lot because he's faster and bigger than a lot of the guys on the outside he was going up against. It's just something I noted where I was like, damn, he picked that ball out of the hair, man. He's good, man. He's pulling away there. Um, I, I don't know quite what to do with him just because the production's not super massive over the last two years. Um, there are question marks about, just kind of what you can get out of him when he's already going to be almost 24, basically next year. Um, the pick that I have and the comp that I see in him, I think he could be what George Pickens is as a base level. Um, George Pickens doesn't wow you, doesn't take over games. He has a couple splashy games and stuff, but I think that's like the base level of what you're getting at Devontae Walker. And he's one of my favorite wide receivers in this year's class. I think he's going to be a stud at the next level and probably come out of nowhere. He's a guy I want to see a lot of at this senior bowl practices. Um, and I, I think could be really successful. Um, I don't know where you guys are with him, whether or not you've even heard the name, but go ahead and throw on North Carolina tape, specifically over the last two years since they needed weapons. He's been pretty reliable and pretty game bustery, um, specifically in 2023 for Drake May, to where the offense may not be that good, but Devontae Walker was eaten, let me tell you. Another wide receiver that's pretty fun to look at is Lad McConkey. Um, this is a guy who's been injury riddled is what I would say throughout his career. He's coming in as a fourth year, true senior. He'll be 22 at the time of the draft next year, six foot, 185 pounds, um, average four receptions a game, 52 yards and a touchdown every other game over the last two years. So nothing absolutely gangbustery, um, but he's an underneath monster, like a true slot gog is what I would say. No holes in his game when it comes to separating outside of physicality. And then his long-term health, he has a couple of soft tissue injuries, a knee injury, I think a shoulder injury as well. That's just due to his size. I think he needs to bulk up a little bit, but it may hurt his speed a little bit. So I almost don't want him to do it. Uh, maybe just learn how to take contact a little bit better. Uh, Georgia spread the ball around like they always do, but he was their safety blanket on third down, which is what I typically look for from a guy who's definitely going to be playing slot. Um, he does have speed that he can work on the outside and work as a deep threat, which is something that the guy that I comped him to doesn't really have. 
may have been a little bit of a lazy comp in the form of me bringing up Hunter Renfro, um, also out of Georgia, but it's just really hard not to see McConkie succeeding in the same type of ways where his ability to separate, separate quickly is up there with some of the best. Um, He's not great in contested catch situations. He's not a Devontae's Walker, but he's a guy that is coming from a power five. That was a very reliable safety blanket for a, you know, a top four team in the country as Georgia has been over the last couple of years. And he's a name that's definitely going to get called at some point during the NFL draft. I just don't know when. Um, his floor is like, uh, if you want to look at Georgia specific prospects, his floor is like a Riley Ridley, <laughs> also out of Georgia, same kind of skill set underneath a little bit, a little bit slower, I think than what McConkie is, or you could go with like a fast Hunter Renfro, which is what Stefan digs, um, big, big question marks here, but he's a guy that has all the potential in the world has showed a lot of good tape out there. It's just, I don't know what the NFL is going to think about. So I don't know where to place him in this year's class. And then the last wide receiver I want to bring up is a really interesting one. Um, another one of the physical freaks um, where Devontae Walker was the big stalking, big outside guy. Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky is probably one of the most yoked wide receivers on the outside. You're going to see he's a true fourth year, 5'11", 205. Uh, 22 years old at the time of class. He's been all of Western Kentucky's offense. So just how, like I had discussed um, the players I love to see at all positions are the ones that are an entire team's offense. And you know, they are, and you still can't stop them like Rasheen Ali from the running back portion of last week's episode. That's kind of where I'm at with Malachi Corley, um, physical freak, thick bodied mold. And he has the ability to run past you but also play bully ball, both in the run game, run through you, just stiff arm the shit out of some corners this year, which is really impressive. Um, super reliable hands. And like I said, rack is up there. I, I don't think he's obviously like the physical freak that Debo is. Cause Debo is just a lot bigger than people really think he's going to be like 15 pounds lighter than Debo. But I see a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown in him. Like you're not, you're not going to out physical this guy. You're not going to, use your body really better than this guy underneath and albeit same kind of vein that we were dealing with with Amon Ra like he 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 has some question marks deep is what I would say so like where Devonta's Walker is really good on the outside deep ball tracking is pretty solid I think he could use some work for Corley um he's late to react his hands which I I get that's like a coaching point and I'm not trying to nag on people because I don't play wide receiver obviously I just analyze them um, but he's late to react on deep shots, late to find the ball in the air. And it led to a lot of misconnections that could have been even better for his overall stats over the last two years, even though he was probably the most consistent out of this entire wide receiver group over the last two years. Um, like I said, I, he's somewhere in that range of like a Juju Amon Ross St. Brown. Now Amon Ross St. Brown obviously became like a top five wide receiver fantasy purposes, but a lot of people just expected him to kind of mirror what Juju has been doing. So I could see a career pretty similar to like a Juju Smith Schuster out of a Malachi Corley, multiple thousand yard seasons, uh, multiple pushing 10 touchdown seasons, that type of thing is a true physical chain mover. Um, that's what you could see from him. He's pretty yoked up. He's pretty fun to watch. So uh, again, if, if there's two guys in this wide receiver class that I think you all should be going out and watching, it's Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky and Devontae Walker out of North Carolina. I think that type of tape is going to be really fun for you. And then if you want just a fluid mover, I think Jamari Thrash is your guy. 
but that's the wide receiver position. Let's dive into the tight ends. Um, not a ton of similarity between the players in this class is what I would say. There's a very large group of tight ends that stretch across all different facets. If you want a true blocker, there's a couple of those in this class. There's a couple of really undersized guys that are tweeners that might not even be tight ends, might be big wide receivers, big Chase Claypool types. And then there's a couple that are in the mold of John o. Smith, Chigaquanko. And that's where our first guy falls into, Jaheim Bell, tight end out of Florida State. 6'3", 230 pounds, true fourth year, um, 23 years old. All these stats from these tight ends are not going to be great because all of them were underutilized. It's just how offenses in college work. If you're not like a Brock Bowers, who's a focal point or a Colorado state tight end, you're really not going to have eye popping numbers most of the time, but three receptions per game, 30 yards and a touchdown every three games. He's a speedster. He's got the build of a compact underneath gadget type tight end. Who's a move guy. Um, you could get anywhere from the John o. Smith Chigaquanko, depending on how he tests, or I liken him a lot to a guy like Delaney Walker. He's a little bit thicker. He looks pretty big for just 230, so I think he might weigh in a little bit higher than that. But his ability to accelerate is up there with the best of them in this class at the tight end position. Um, route running is surprisingly good as well for not being able to, uh, you know, really branch out much. It is FSU and it was a pretty controlled pass game, but pretty solid on third down. He's a really good red zone weapon as well. Like I said, he's that compact speedster deep play breaker. So you're going to get seasons very underwhelmingly like you got from like Chigaquanko this year, but you could easily get the same type of performance with the same offensive coordinator and good mind at for using tight ends, at least like we get out of Johnny Smith. So I <clears throat> liken him to Delaney Walker. He, he's got really reliable hands. Like I said, really fast. Um, I'm just kind of excited to see where he gets used and what he's able to do. There's a lot of teams that need a true athlete at the tight end position. And I think Jaheim Metal is one of the few guys that kind of fits that mold in this year's class. Second tight end on the list was another one of my prospect premonition guys. And yet again, a guy that is kind of under the radar, but is going to be at these all-star games. Ben Sinnott. He is the tight end of the Kansas State. He's the true prototypical build. Six foot, four and a half, 255 pounds, fourth year. He's the safety blanket of all safety blankets when it comes to tight ends in this year's class. Three receptions per game, 45 yards per game, and a touchdown every other game, basically. His ability to shield out, block out, and catch through contact is where he thrives. Not an elite athlete, not going to blow your socks off with route running, anything like that, but he's really solid in all assets. Um, I use this comp a lot just because it's what he does. Dalton Schultz. I see a lot of Dalton Schultz in him. He's an underwhelming tight end when it comes to physicality, but knows how to play the game really well. And I see a lot of that when it comes to, uh, you know, a guy like Benson. So I won't beat this dead horse any longer as I've talked about him now, like four different episodes over the last calendar year, but he's a guy you should be paying attention to. Um, Probably the biggest tight end in this year's class, um, also being compared in my comp to probably the biggest tight end I can remember, just because they play very similarly. Uh, Brevin Spanford, tight end out of Minnesota. He's going to measure most likely six, seven and a half, pushing 280 pounds. Um, we're talking DN territory. Um, absolute unit. And he boxes out better than almost anyone. He's a fifth year coming out of Minnesota. So any qualms I have with his overall production at Minnesota probably has more to do with the offense more so than him as a prospect. 
He will be on the older side at 24 at the beginning of next season. Um, average three receptions for 30 yards a game. Pretty much the baseline stat for all of these tight ends outside of Senate that I'll talk about. Um, and he has issues with the quick change of direction, but I think that's more so due to his size. You're not going to ask him to be a move tight end. He's going to be a red zone threat more so than anything. Moderate blocker and a mover, but again, it's that blockout ability. Um, you could see a Moali Cox, but I don't think he's the athlete that Moali Cox is. The guy that I see a lot of is Colby Parkinson with Seattle. Absolute unit in the red zone. And when he's dialed up in the correct way, he can get you double dutch downs in a season, double digit touchdowns in a season. Sorry. Um, really fun player to watch. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Cause he was a pretty big Debbie guy. I think he was a four or five star recruit coming out of high school. Um, he just continued to grow and it's going to be exciting if a team can utilize him. Well, I'm excited to see how he does in the blocking drills. Cause I think if he's able to block a little bit better, he'd have a little bit longer and a more, you know, streamlined pathway to touches the next level, but definitely a name to pay attention to in a tight end group that is less than overwhelming this year is what I would say. And then got to get another power five guy in there. So why not bring up Mr. Theo Johnson, um, another prototypical underneath mover, um, just kind of average traits all around. <clears throat> six, six, 255, fourth year out of Penn state. Two receptions per game, 30 receiving yards per game, a touchdown every other game. Penn State, you know how their tight ends work. They're usually all around pretty solid guys. That's kind of what you get with Theo Johnson. He's a little bit bigger than some of the other guys they've recently produced out of there. Um, not the athlete that we've gotten from some of the past ones, not Fryermuth in the least bit. But <clears throat> the one aspect to his game that not a lot of tight ends have that I really like, he is violent with the ball in his hands when he's running. Um, he won't kill you in the run game when he's blocking, though, somehow. I'm not 100% positive as to why. He's basically a guy who wants to be a mover with the ball in his hand. So he wants to be a move tight end, but he wants to murder you when he has the ball in his hand. It's really fun watching him. I'm serious. He's just super violent when he's running through tackles. Um, and a guy that reminds me, uh, RIP to his knee, based off of this last week's game, uh, Tyler Higby out of the Los Angeles Rams. I see a lot of it. He's able to catch very well. Um, he's not going to wow you with speed. His rack isn't going to kill you, but I feel like every game you watch Tyler Higby catch a ball and just blast through a DB, and that's what I see with Theo Johnson. Very similar traits. <clears throat> kind of an under-the-radar type of guy, but if there's one out of the four that I'm talking about that I think probably has the easiest chance to get early touches based off of his effort it's probably theo johnson even with my k-state homerism my love for ben sinnett as a true move guy theo johnson is the guy that i'm keeping my eyes on because i think he could be pretty damn fun on a team just based off of how physical he is if you can get his blocking up but that has been the other 11 players just like i did last week i'm gonna go over all the players i talked to sorry 13 players all the players i talked about quick hitters and what i'm looking for from them from this week of practice and the games First on the list, Tosh Washington, wide receiver, USC. Um, incredibly reliable hands in traffic. Great with the ball in his hand, but he's pushed around a lot in press. I want to see him in one-on-one -on -one drills. Can he get off press coverage in the drills during the week and prove that he can't just get redirected every time you want to? Next wide receiver, Luke McCaffrey, Rice, 6'2", 202. Punishment at the catch point. Pretty solid hands. I want to see him box people out. I want to see him be like, no, I'm creating separation because I can use my nuance to basically get away. I don't want to prove that I can catch a five-yard ball. I want to see him compete on the outside, gain some separation, use that last-second hand push-off, that type of shit from Luke McCaffrey. 
Malik Washington, don't need to see anything. I just want to see more of him. It's so fun watching his tape, and I'm excited to show you guys his tape in a live setting during the practice drills, all those highlights that I'll be posting in the group chat, on Twitter, etc. It's going to be fun with Malik Washington this coming up week. <clears throat> Jacob Cowing, Arizona wide receiver. Um, really good, really physical. I just want to see what his curl route looks like because I can't. I can't think basically that people haven't been telling him that he needs to work on his quick suddenness. And I want to see what he looks like in his drills specifically in preparation for the combine. I think this is a really big step for him in proving that he can separate a little bit better than what, uh, what he's been doing beforehand is what I would say. Jamari thrash, uh, needs to get stronger. Like I said, that's my biggest thing with him. Um, I want to see him be a little bit more physical. I want to see him use, I mean, really in the run game more so than anything. I want to see what his blocking's like in the game. So this is more of a game type threat. Other than that, I love his game. I already told you it's going to be another fun player to watch. <clears throat> Roman Wilson. Is he fast? Is what I was saying. Like, is he actually fast? Does he get just worked over due to speed? Can people recover on him quickly? Um, Tyreek Stevenson for the bears at the pro, not the pro bowl at the, well, he wasn't pro bowl, but at the uh, senior bowl last year was just able to recover really quickly. There's a lot of really fast corners that are going to be at the senior bowl again this year. <clears throat> if you create separation, can you keep it is basically what I want to see from Roman Wilson. Malachi Corley. Um, I want to see the deep ball. Like I said, um, biggest question that I have for Corley is his deep ball tracking. I want to see his connection deep. Hopefully he gets a couple of shots in practice that we see in coverage. Um, I want to see his connection, ability to track deep over his shoulder, that type of thing. Kind of what you see at the combine, but they always do it in passing drills at the senior bowl as well. So it should be fun. Dantes Walker, <clears throat> can he separate? not deep, not using his physicality, I guess I would say, underneath. I want to see him just running slants. Like, how does he do on a slant route? It's not something you see George Pickens do either a lot. So, I, I mean, I just want to see it. Should be fun. And then Lad McConkie, don't get hurt <laughs> is what I would say. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to do everything that he needs to. He's going to show out really well in the drills. He just needs to stay healthy and consistent. Jaheim Bell, um, how big does he weigh in at? Uh, that's usually a big thing for these speedsters. Like if you come in at six, two, you are basically a fullback and you're not really usable at tight end. You got to be over six, three, bud. And you got to be probably two thirty five, two forty for me to be interested. Um, that's kind of the threshold for the chig for the Johnios. It's all about weight size for Jaheim Bell. Ben Sinnott, um, how same kind of thing like how fast are you like can you create separation not with physicality because you were able to do it when you were schemed up well but i want to see how he does with new offensive coordinators that are going to be working him over next week um theo johnson block please <laughs> learn at a block in passing drills uh can we see any of it are you gonna get just bulldozed by linebackers all week i i just am concerned that's what's gonna happen but it's gonna be fun watching him and then brevin sport like same kind of thing, like absolute unit. You're a huge dude. Just show me a little bit of route running, a little bit of wiggle, catch a touchdown in the game, and I'm probably in. But that's that's it, folks. That's two weeks, about an hour and five minutes in total based off oh, – sorry, an hour and 25 minutes uh, total content across two weeks. Again, if you didn't catch the first episode, make sure to catch up prior to the start of the draft practices. It'll keep you informed. Impress your friends with the names that I've brought up across most of the quarterback – 
running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions in the last two weeks. Um, I'm going to be doing a recap of the games following next week's practice, following next week's game, just so we can see kind of where I'm at with the players. And then it's time to start deep diving into this class. I've given you all a head start, but make sure to grab your pencil, paper, notebooks, whatever you would do to keep notes, because I'm going to be giving you the good little nuggets as we proceed throughout this offseason here on the Rookie Rundown. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.